Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host, Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you on this Victory Monday? Monday. James, I'm doing fantastic. It is Victory Monday. The Steelers actually pulled off a win. Uh, It should have been a bigger win, but it is a win. It it is. I'm happy with a couple things. I'm ecstatic with a couple other. There's a lot of things going on, but James, how are you doing today? Doing all right, man. Doing doing all right. right. It's better with the the Steelers win behind me. That's for sure. That's fair. Hopefully the Steelers win ahead of you too. Hopefully next week. uh, (laughs) Let's not look too far ahead right now. Let's enjoy this victory uh, because we're not on the team. We're not with Mike Tomlin right now. Mike Tomlin would be like, stop talking about the game. Let's move on. Uh, But we get to talk about the game. So we're excited (laughs) for that. First things first, James, we pulled up some players from the practice squad for this game. Yes, yes, two of them uh, short on some lines there at the linebacker position, safety position. Uh, So they brought up safety Trenton Thompson uh, to the 53-man roster for game day. Uh, Also linebacker Tariq Carpenter, uh, the former safety turned middle linebacker. Uh, So a couple guys brought up because of the lines with Minka down, with uh, Cole Holcomb down. Uh, getting some extra bodies out there for special teams, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll take those guys uh, being on the roster. I don't think – did they get playing time? I don't think they did. I think it was – they did? Okay. Yep. First yeah, they spe- both saw special the teams. Um, um, Trent Thompson on starting defense at the end of the game, but we'll get to that. Okay. Oh, you're right. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> inactives for the game. Uh, Mason Rudolph, we've talked about that a couple times. Darius Rush, the newly acquired cornerback. Minka, which we know is having the injury. Uh, the running back, Godwin Iguebuque, who thankfully he got, was inactive because he has not been looking fabulous on kick returns, but neither has somebody else. We'll talk about that. Uh, Montrevious Adams, offensive tackle Dylan Cook, and uh, Braden Fihoko. So those guys yeah. were inactive for the game, did not dress. Mason Rudolph was QB3. Uh, but other than that, those guys were inactive for the game. Now we get to talk about this game. James, two... Big time NFL teams. No, you're skipping too far ahead, man. We've got one of you <sighs> wonderful people decided you're to give right. us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. So you're getting your shout out right here at the beginning of the show. Um, the username Chris8932 was kind enough to give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts with a comment saying, This dude seems great. It's a really nice podcast. This uh, dude. So appreciate you very much, Chris. Does he think we're one person? Are we? Did we just become one, James? We apparently are one. Oh, buddy, I'm trying to give you a high five doesn't work. Is it this side? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you're, you're only gonna enjoy that if you're watching on YouTube. By the way, uh, so if you're not there right now, take a second, go subscribe on YouTube. It doesn't cost you a thing, but it helps us out, helps us get noticed, and helps us increase our family. Uh, which Facebook is 1,215 strong right now on Facebook, which is awesome. So thank you guys. Uh, now game recap. We have to talk about the Steelers game. So first thing first, James. Two massive teams. Two massive, um, almost just mountainous you know, heads in the NFL with the Green Bay Packers and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and, uh, you know, storied franchises that have both are kind of rebuilding. You know, Pittsburgh says they're not rebuilding, they're reloading, all this stuff, whatever. Uh, But it's been tough for for both teams this year. But with that being said, after this game, Pittsburgh sitting at six and three, Green Bay's at three and six. Two different looks, even though they're both kind of going through some changes and stuff. But first things first, I was very happy with the play calling I felt early on in this game and to go down two weeks in a row now and get a touchdown on the first drive was huge. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then they followed it up with another one on the next drive. It really looked like they had the offense figured out on the first couple drives of this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really was impressive. The running game just running on not four cylinders, but eight, it seems like these days. Uh, Getting up over 200 yards rushing as a combined unit this week. Uh, And just everybody looked good running the ball. (laughs) I know it's mostly Najee Harris and Jalen. Kenny got an opportunity to scramble once and made a nice play out of it. Uh, you're getting some contribution from some of the wide receivers on some jet sweeps here and there as well. Uh, and they're not getting stuffed. They're at least getting five or six yards on these jet sweeps. It's only a matter of time before somebody breaks one of these things. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm excited for it. It's baby steps in the right direction. And then it seems like in other areas, baby steps in the wrong direction. And they just can't seem to get everything firing all at the same time. I was Really hoping that the Steelers could take advantage of a weakened Green Bay secondary. Uh, They did not, but what they did take advantage of was uh, the defensive line being a little banged up and then their uh, starting middle linebacker being out too. Uh, They just ran all over Green Bay, man. Yeah, they really did. Uh, the first three drives were all scoring drives, which I don't, I can't tell you when the last time that happened for Pittsburgh, um, with two touchdowns and a field goal to start this game off, going up seventeen to seven very quickly. Um, just enjoyed seeing the the aggressive running, the the nasty that me and you talk about that we want to see from the offensive line. You know, when when somebody gets into a pile or gets stopped up, the offensive linemen are coming in behind them. They're pushing them. They're trying to get more yards. Um, players are actually helping players up. We talked about that a, a few years ago when people weren't helping Ben up when he was getting sacked or whatever. And, you know, the offensive lineman, especially Broderick Jones, Broderick Jones, every time he was near somebody who was on the ground, you know, helping him back up, getting him going, uh, was very, very exciting to see. Najee Harris is running with some anger issues. It feels like almost, uh, <laughs> trying to do some hurdles. That, fine. Yeah. Trying to do some hurdles that are, aren't working. I don't know how you want to look at him. Uh, but he's doing a phenomenal job. 16 of 82, is a great game. It's averaging over five yards per carry. But then somehow Jalen Warren comes out and does 15 for 101. Uh, just crazy to see the the difference between their style of running, but the, the way the offense gets excited when they're both in there, when they're both running hard. So it's really enjoyable. Uh, let's talk Kenny Pickett real quick. He did have four rushes for 16 yards, 14 of 23 passing, 126 yards uh, through the air. No touchdowns, but no interceptions. Uh, again, I think he has the current longest active streak in the NFL with passes, uh, pass attempts without an interception, which is great. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I want to see you get the ball in the end zone as well. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I need a couple touchdowns. Yeah. I don't know if I would be happy if my quarterback went like zero for zero and zero on touchdowns and interceptions all year. You know what I mean? Like it's weird to process that. Um, yeah. And I mean, obviously, no, I don't think any quarterback would go would play 17 games and do that. But it's just weird to see like, oh, we're happy he has no interceptions, but he's not putting the ball in the end zone. Um, and I felt a couple times this game, he missed some targets, missed some open passes. I don't know if he still has a rib injury, if he's still dealing with that, if it's lingering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's be realistic. When you have a rib injury, whether it's a cracked rib or bruised ribs, it takes three to four weeks to heal. Um, he's only two weeks into this and he's still so playing. I, I expect. Yeah. And he's still playing through it and he's not wincing. He's not grabbing his, but you know, he's not a hundred percent either. Uh, also circumstance and how things are playing out throughout the game. Isn't helping him a ton. I felt like a lot of his incomplete passes in this game, he was scrambling and running for his life and throwing on the run. Uh, and when you start with that, you, 
your ability to use the entire field is taken away from you. You can basically only throw to the way the direction that you're scrambling and you can basically only go to the sideline at that point. Yep. Uh, so I feel like that's why we're seeing so many check downs, the running backs into Connor Hayward uh, because he's, he's bailing on the pocket because people are getting beat quickly and he's doing a good job at not getting sacked and not going down to the ground. Uh, but it is eliminating his ability to, to uh, sit back there, process, go through his reads, find somebody and hit somebody for 15 or 20. Uh, and then it doesn't help when, you know, Deontay drops one that should have been a 30 or 40 yard play. And then later on in the game, he hits George Pickens for what appears to be a game sealer for almost 40 yards. Uh, and then it gets called back for an offensive pass interference for Calvin Austin running into a defender. And he didn't even like throw a block. He just ran into him. If you go uh, back I mean, and watch that, if you go back and watch yeah. that, the defender made that happen. The defender ran into him rather than following the route. It was so obvious yeah. to me, but it was a smart play. I'll give him that, but it was almost like a flop in the NBA. Yeah. And at some point in time, we have to have some sort of job responsibility of the defender to actually attempt to avoid it. Yeah. Like if the defender never even tries to avoid it, how can you call the receiver? You tell me the receiver can't run his route. He has to stop running his route because he might run into a defender. That doesn't make any sense. Like I, I get it. If, if the wide receiver like straight up goes like this and lowers his shoulders and throws his arms into the guy. But if he just like runs into him and collides with and doesn't brace himself doing it. He didn't intend on blocking him. Yeah. So call it what it is, which is incidental contact and play. Yep. Like the defender sees that coming. If he doesn't even attempt to avoid it, then he's he's trying to get like a charging penalty in the NBA. You know, like let's let's stop with that nonsense. That's and, not what this is. And they're designed plays that way, uh, not rub plays. What are they yeah. called? What are they called? Oh, no, like, but it is a rub. Yeah. It's designed to to hopefully trip up the defender. You don't always want contact. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it gets no, called. Sometimes to, it doesn't. You're just trying to make him take a step out of the normal path so that it gives a little separation to the other receiver. Yep. You're not intending on knocking him out. Nope. Like, and if you go back and watch the replay, James, I hope you do tonight. I hope you find it somewhere or whatever. It was yeah, so obvious that he ran into him. And I was like, y'all are going to call that. Y'all are actually going to call that right now. Um, yeah. And I was, I felt bad because I felt bad and worried. I was like, oh no, George Pickens is about to have another temper tantrum. <laughs> yeah, right. I was so yeah, and, I thought, and at least George in this game, I felt like George got more. The immediately second play of the game, throwing the ball. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's already better than last week when that happened, you know, uh, they were able to get a back shoulder fade to him that worked real well. Every uh, time. Nice completion down the right sideline. Yeah. Uh, he, he's incredible at that. You, you should be throwing that that back shoulder fade to him a half a dozen times every week. I feel like you're going to get four or five of them as completions, most likely. And when so. one, you might get a pass interference call. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's going to come down to that basically. Um, yeah. It, it, and the only way the defense can stop it pretty much is by double teaming and pulling a safety over, which then leaves the, the middle, middle of, of the field. field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The middle of the field. How weird, man. Uh, I can't wait for Pat Frymuth to come back. I really hope they, they then start using tight ends over the middle again. Yeah. I almost feel like we need to, we need to make a meme or a video of uh, the Lion King whenever he's the, um, now I can't think at all. Why am I breaking? When he's talking to Mufasa, what's the kid? 
Simba, when Simba? Simba's yeah, when Simba's talking to Mufasa, and he's like, "What's that dark place over there? That's the middle of the field. We never go there." <laughs> <laughs> like, that's yeah. what it's all, that's what it almost feels like half the time because Pittsburgh just ignores that area so much. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's it's funny. I hope that they do utilize the middle of the field. Darnell Washington had to catch this game for six yards on a first and ten if I but if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, his first catch on the year that did not involve him getting. First one. Yeah. And I mean, and he, I mean, it was a good play. He, he kind of blocked for a second, then released. He was also, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure somewhat open on a, a similar play when he it was either a sack or the almost interception pass. I can't remember which one, but it was another scramble play that Kenny Pickett was rolling out of the pocket. But anyways, I mean, George Pickens and Connor Hayward led the day with three receptions for George, 45 yards, Connor Hayward, 32 yards. We're at least getting a tight end involved or a fullback. I don't know how you want to look at that. Depends on, the day, I guess. Uh, Deontay Johnson had one catch for 17. Again, he had that that in, uh, the incomplete pass earlier. Najee had three for 14. Jalen had two for nine. We talked about Washington's one for six, and then Calvin Austin one for three. I, I, why are we throwing the ball to Calvin Austin for anything less than 10 yards? Or seven. I'll say seven. Like, there's no reason Calvin Austin should... I realize screenplays exist, but, like, he's too quick to not send him down the field. Even if it's a screenplay yeah, to somebody else. Hitting them on, it should be slants and goes like all day long. Send them deep. And again, you're going to take a second defender because he's so fast. Put, it, put uh, him next to he's George gonna Pickens. Any corner in coverage. Put him in the yeah. slot on the same side as George. Let George run that back, that the back shoulder fade. And if in case, and let Calvin Austin run a slant there or even a post, just take a little bit of pressure off George and. You gotta you gotta commit there. The safety's either gotta come down and help with Calvin Austin's quickness, or you gotta help with the freak athlete of George Pickens. Like make him choose. Mm-hmm. And then once you get Pat Fryer yeah. back, just put Pat over there. That's even that's even a tougher choice. Okay. Yeah, can- I'm looking forward to more creativity once Pat returns to the offense. And they're gonna need it, right? Because the defensive side of the ball can only do so much. They're really they're they're really keeping Pittsburgh in a lot of these games. They're doing a great job, I feel like, as far as getting turnovers and, and clutch stops here and there. Uh, but they're getting more and more banged up every week. Uh, and at, at a certain point in time, you cannot expect them to continue making all the stops that they're making as the the talent level drops from this backup to his backup to his backup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just not going to get the same level of play uh, out of those guys. Uh, offensive line-wise, I felt like Broderick, Jones fantastic again these guys just dominated in the run game you know they're moving people left and right uh opening all kinds of holes pushing the pile everything that we've been asking them to do uh so I think as a run blocking grade you give them a a a very good mark for their run blocking still need some work in the pass blocking again these guys are still kind of a work in progress uh some of it limitation as far as athleticism like Mason Cole got off a hold because somebody got into his chest and was just driving him back. And that's the way that works when you're a little bit undermatched. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. so we'll see how that goes in the future, but I feel like the last two weeks with Broderick Jones starting at right tackle has been by far the best two running performances. And I think it's no coincidence at all. No, not at all. Um, I, and I will say this, I think that, and we kind of talked about this last week. I do believe that the immediate improvement that we're seeing with the all-around offense, even though that we're still struggling in some places, 
Uh, the immediate improvement that we're seeing has a lot to do with the fact that Matt Canada is on the sideline. I think that that is a drastic improvement with communication, with players being able to voice their opinion about how plays are going or, you know, hey, when I do this, you know, their defense does this. There's so much more communication. I shouldn't even say so much more. It's drastic. It goes from about 1% communication where he can talk to Kenny to 100% communication where everyone can talk to everyone about anything they want on the sideline. And I think that we're going to continue to see improvement out of this. And I think that next week uh, and the week after are going to, I'm hoping I'm being positive thinking here for once about the Steelers uh, that we'll see drastic improvement in this passing game. I think that whatever the problem is, they're figuring it out. And I think we're going to see some improvement because you're going to go back and look on tape and say, Hey, what worked in these two drives that we got touchdowns? Hey, what didn't work in these drives where we kept having to punt? Because it's not like on the punting drives, they it's not like what we saw in the past where it was like stupid run play after stupid run play after stupid run play. They're, they're trying to pass the ball downfield. So they're still engaging in the passing game. Uh, things just weren't working. So was it something that the defense was doing? Did they adjust differently? Did they play down and more aggressive on receivers? Was it bump and run? What were they doing differently that they can now go back and film? Sure, Matt Canada can't see that happening live action, but at the same time, Quite frankly, he can't see everything that's happening on a single play anyways. It, it's not going to yeah. change whether he's up in the box seeing it and then has to go back and look at because at, at, I'm sure he's still got the printouts of what the defensive scheme looked like. You know, like they get the printouts on the sideline or on the on the yeah. Mi- Microsoft yeah, it's all on the Microsoft tablets now. Yeah. yeah. And so no matter what, you, now they just have to go back and look at it and he gets to talk to the players on the sideline. So. I'm just excited to see what's going to happen because I think there's going to be a lot of improvement here moving forward with the passing game. But again, in, in what, three weeks, we've seen the run game just take off. The fact that we have yeah. 200 yeah. yards rushing this game was amazing. Um, and that's only yeah. going to open things up in the passing game. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Yeah, because people are going to have to start bringing both their safeties down. And when they start bringing their safeties down, now you're talking about one-on-one options for both Deontay and George Pickens. And you're just going to see back shoulder fade after back shoulder fade if it's one-on-one on the outside of Pickens. Kenny Kenny has already talked about this. When he sees one-on-one opportunities, with he goes to that back shoulder fade because he knows it's so so reliable and so good for them. Um, and I don't – Cleveland has good corners, but I don't think they have anybody that can get up on that back shoulder fade. Cleveland? Yeah. I think all so their guys family? are right around six foot or six one. You know, they're they don't have like a six three corner they can get up there with George. No. I'll look while we keep discussing. Yeah, so let's move to the defensive side of the ball, man. Uh a lot of good performances going on there. Uh I want to just start with Keanu Benton. Uh really was highly involved in this game. Uh NFL.com has him as five tackles in the game. The Steelers website at him with six tackles. Uh, either way, that's extremely involved. Uh, he got the start at nose tackle with Montrevious Adams out with that ankle injury and played a lot in this game. Uh, I love the way Keanu looks, man. He, he's constantly getting penetration. Uh, he's really good at shedding his block and getting to the runner. Uh, I felt like the the defensive line was a little bit more stout than they had normally been. Um, even uh, Cam Hayward, we saw some nice stop ability from him. Uh, Isaiah Loudermout got a little more burn getting off of a block once and get a tackle. Um, just all around, these guys were getting after the running game. Uh, still need more from these defensive linemen as far as 
getting sacks. We're not getting the sacks. I thought Keanu Benton got robbed on that. It should have been a half sack for him and a half for for TJ Watt, but TJ got been. the whole thing. It should have been, and that's how that's going to work in that situation. Unfortunately, he still had a fo- uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. He still had a hold of his foot. Um, and looking ahead, Cleveland has one corner over six one, and it's it's a backup. It's not even one of their starters. I don't believe okay. so. Um, unless they want to bring him in for that one on one, please do, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the defensive front of this game did a very good job. I thought we held them uh, fairly decently. To, I mean, even in the run game, AJ Dillon had a couple big runs. But other than that, I mean, holding Aaron Jones, the you know the Pro Bowl running back, to thirty five yards and a two point six nine average. Uh, is wildly impressive. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And don't get me wrong, they had to throw the ball a lot because they got down so much early, but they it's not like they ever, until like late in the fourth, drastically went away from the run game. They they just got yeah. started getting decent runs from A.J. Dillon instead of Aaron Jones. But again, the defensive front did a phenomenal job. Um, the thing that I'm going to talk about all around right now is just the pass breakups. Uh, you know, Keanu Benton got a great bat down that... We got to see with both hands up in the air. Uh, Alex Highsmith had a pass breakup. Uh, and Landon Roberts had one. Shannon Sullivan had one. And then Patrick Peterson. At the line again. At the line. Exactly my point. Because <laughs> they're always at the line when he's blitzing. Yep. And so, like, man, I t- and I texted you during the game. I was like, Keanu Benton's been learning from TJ Watt and Cam Hayward because mm-hmm. I think more than any team, and I've said this in the past on probably two or three episodes of the podcast, I'm like, I don't think anyone's defensive front bats more balls down than us i think that the cam and tj just have an act for it and the fact that keanu's just getting involved in it now or already i shouldn't Mm -hmm. even say just is very exciting uh because i think we're going to see that a lot from him and he maybe maybe one of these times he's going to come down with it he's going to just eat it up when it gets there (laughs) (laughs) i felt like he almost did in this game he He got both Uh, so i think that is only a matter of time uh, and it can't be understated how important these tip passes are because you never know when they're going to turn into an interception, right? I no. mean, that's exactly what happened with the Keanu Neal interception. Uh, it was Pat Pete in fantastic coverage. He batted the ball to the middle, and he said that he knew that there was a defender there. He just wasn't sure who it was. Uh, so he literally attempted to bat it to Keanu Neal, and he did successfully, and then Keanu brings it out like 30 yards on the return, which honestly, when he started returning that ball, I was you like, mad. no, yep. stay in the end zone. Because well, wasn't the last cr- time that ran out of like the three-yard line? No, no, no that, that was, was KZ. Okay. Yeah, that was <laughs> KZ on that one, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 no. And then he gets past the 20. I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then he got <laughs> hurt. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, and then he gets hurt at the end of it. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> we can't afford to lose another safety. No. Um, yeah. But speaking of injuries, and I know we're not done talking about of players, but this just seems like an appropriate time to talk about it. Yeah. The most significant injuries were both on defense. Uh the injury that Keanu Neal suffered on this, we're being told, is a rib injury. He's getting that checked out today. Uh, so we'll find out the extent of that. I expect him to continue playing. Um, he did not return in this particular game, so it must have hurt pretty bad. That's when the practice squad player, Tristan Thompson, uh, got elevated to starting safety and then uh, promptly got burned once or twice. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the uh, the other injury, unfortunately, was in the first quarter of the game it was Quan alexander and he had a achilles injury uh which is awful because honestly the way he's been playing this year 
I was hoping he would get an extension and we'd get a better look at him and Cole Holcomb next year together. Yep. Uh, now I think it almost eliminates that because he, with an Achilles, is he even going to be ready preseason? Probably not. No. No. And this is his I mean, second Achilles wants, injury of his career. Unless he wants to get with Aaron Rodgers about rehab. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah, Aaron looks, <laughs> Aaron looks impressive for how far along he is right now. I guess it's like two and a half months since the injury. Uh, yeah. But still, he's moving around pretty well for a guy that tore his Achilles. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's let's hope for the best for Quan. Let's hope for a speedy recovery and a full recovery. I would love to see him in black and gold again next year because I feel like uh, he was doing pretty good for Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, I really don't think like every now and then it seemed like he'd guess against the run and guess wrong. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, two weeks ago, we're talking about him getting a game ceiling interception uh, for, for Pittsburgh at the end of the game uh, and then taking over duties for, for calling the defense with Cole Holcomb out for the year. Uh, but now it's going to be a little bit of an interesting situation because once Quan went down, then it was Mark and starting the rest of the way. And if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that, that Cody and I are excited about the possibility of Mark Robinson. That Mark Robinson in short stints has looked very good. Uh, yep. But what is he going to be in a long stint? Because we're about to find out. It's going to be him and Landon Roberts the rest of the way uh, with some Tariq Carpenter now. I'm sure he's going to be elevated uh, permanently to the 53 when Quan gets put on the the uh, injured reserve, which is bound to happen really any day. Uh, what, what, what's that going to look like? This is, this is our two run stoppers, man. These are two thumpers. Yep. You know, they're both between the tackles, go blow somebody up kind of guys. That's great against Cleveland, right? I mean, this, I mean, even this is to a degree against Baltimore, but you have to think Mark Andrews. Yeah. Even yeah. That's, the, David that's the problem. David, David and Joku is the problem. Uh, and that's where, Minka always came into play, but now Minka is still not healthy enough to go. And so that's going to put you with either DeMonte KZ trying to cover David Njoku, which is a bad matchup for KZ because he's so much smaller. Very bad. Or, or Keanu Neal, who's been struggling to cover tight ends. Yeah. You, you were, it, let me clarify, because I don't want to say we're not going to see this, because I'm sure we will one, one of these times and we'll be very mad about it. We should not see Mark Robinson lined up against a, a tight end. We should not see that, but we're going to. Well, we're going to, absolutely. I know. We shouldn't, though. They need to scheme that better because that's just going to be a horrible day. Um, against, yep. against running backs, sure, 100%. Absolutely. If a running and I think back, athletically he can keep up with a lot of tight ends, but the issue is he's only 5'11". He ain't going to yeah. beat no jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the issue is he's only 5'11". And, and that's a bit of a matchup issue. I mean, we saw with Devin Bush. We saw yeah. how incredibly athletic Devin Bush was, and he really struggled covering tight ends because he was just so much shorter than him. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be a matchup that we're going to have to watch in the future here. I heard something today. I was listening to the Steelers Depot podcast, uh, and they were talking about things and just kind of throwing ideas out there because the line at middle linebacker is so short now. Uh, a lot of speculation in the pre-draft process this last year was that Nick Herbig's best position was going to be middle linebacker. He only got two snaps on defense at outside linebacker this last game here. I wonder if he starts getting a few reps maybe in those past situations, uh, put him out there at middle linebacker instead of Mark Robinson on, on a passing down. He might be a little bit more natural of an open space athlete than what Mark Robinson is. 
mm-hmm. and might actually give you a little bit more juice and in, in coverage out there. Uh, so I do wonder if they're going to not necessarily move him, but try to cross train him a little bit at middle linebacker this week. So he can help out in that position with that, with just the injuries being so, so bad. So depleting right now there. Yeah, no, I'm, very curious what's going to happen moving forward with that. Um, TJ, another sack. That's 10 and a half on the season. Uh, I don't know if he's leaving. I don't, I can find out real quick. Uh, TJ yeah. was the only sack of the game. We argue it could have been yeah. half and half. Um, but the, the other thing here is um, we didn't, we didn't get to that point yet, but uh Demonte KZ also had an interception. So Keanu Neal had the one that ended the game, basically. Uh, Demonte KZ got one. So we got two interceptions out of the guys that are basically replacing Minka, which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it is. But I would like to see some more out of the, the corners. I mean, we t- and I'm not, <laughs> I almost forgot to talk about this. We got to see Levi Wallace in this game a, a fair bit. Oh, and, and the two yeah. touchdown passes that we saw Jordan Love make were both against Levi Wallace. And he was yep. torched on both of them. The one, the safety was closer to the receiver catching the ball in the end zone. Levi Wallace looked like he was just jogging. Uh, it's very upsetting to see that kind of effort. And I'm hoping that that gets him benched. I'm hoping that gets him just, yeah. I would rather see Darius Rush come in there. The first one was 100% on Levi Wallace. He was, uh, the second one, it looked like he was counting on Keanu Neal taking over. And then Keanu Neal just got ran by. Yep. Which is the realistic aspect of Keanu Neal at safety. He's a better run stopper than he is pass defender. Uh, so if you're asking him to pick up a wide receiver who's running full speed at him and he's only backpedaling, he's probably going to get blown right by most times. So Levi needs to keep on running in that situation full speed. But the problem is even if Levi is running full speed, he's not going to keep up with him. He's too slow. Yep. Uh, so at a certain point in time, you got to stop banging your head against the wall and let James Pierre or Darius Rush give it a shot. TJ's third. Yeah, I just saw that. So Garrett and Hunter both have 11, and TJ has 10 and a half. Yep. Uh, but he is in that sole position of number three right now. Correct. So this this week's going to be a, a, a very monumental week, man. Can Pittsburgh hold Miles Garrett the no sacks and TJ get on the board? Uh, get one or two sacks and get himself a little distance between him and Miles Garrett and Daniel Honor. Yep, I hope he does. I will be excited uh, to see what happens with that. But uh, moving on to the next things, I want to talk about real quick. Yeah. Um, because I don't want to talk. I don't want to end on Levi Wallace defensively. Obviously, I thought Joey Porter had a really good game. He actually had a tackle for loss on this game where he he read the screenplay perfectly. He he saw it coming. He basically just ran past the guy that was supposed to block him. And uh, got a big hit behind the line of scrimmage. It was a f- phenomenal play by Joey Porter. Um, even James Pierre got involved a lot this game in the secondary and getting tackles and stuff like that. Patrick Peterson, obviously. Um, but I want to. I just want to see more out of Joey Porter Jr. in the sense, and I, I say that because he's already had a phenomenal game. I want to see more of his involvement in the run game. I know that. I just feel like when the runs are heading his way, he's he's not doing a bad job. Don't get me wrong. Like he's, he's staying it with his block. He's keeping it. I almost feel like he's playing <laughs> defensively. Um, he's, he's making sure kind of like the, the wide receiver Trying can't to keep go. it in front of him rather than. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. But I want to, I want to see him take a shot. Like I want to see him try to avoid the block, go get a hit just like he does on that play. But I want to see yeah. that happen more often in the run game 
than specifically just those screenplays. Yeah, so I was happy to see him do that against that screen, like you said. Uh, that was incredible, man. The, the wide receiver tried to block him. He, he just basically did like a pass rushing swim move past him and then absolutely blew the play up for a five-yard loss. Uh, so that's the, the first step. Be aggressive like that against the wide receiver screens and go blow those plays up. Next step, like you said, go blow up a running back. Uh, this is a good week to do it as long as it's not Kareem Hunt because Kareem Hunt's pretty thick. Uh, but the other wide, the other two running backs, Ford and Strong, are kind of thinner built dudes. Uh, so this is the week that if you hit one of those dudes real hard, you might be able to blow them up. So, yep, real real possibility with that. Um, moving on to the special teams, real quick here. Uh, boss for president, right? Three for boss three for on his, his field goals again. Perfect on extra points again. Uh, Presley Harvin, I felt like didn't have himself a, a bad night, although this doesn't show the average for whatever reason. Nope. It says zero yards on his average. Uh, so that's goofed up, but I felt like he did have a good, oh, it's got it down in the punt return category. That's yep. where it is. 44.8. That's a good average. That's a great uh, so, average for punt returns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be an incredible one for punt returns. Uh, Anthony McFarland did have a 37 yard kick return. So. Uh, fantastic job on that return. The other ones were not as impressive. No, he muffed one of them. Only 24. <laughs> <laughs> he muffed one of them, so. Yeah, yeah, no. so that's not great. No. Um, maybe one of the undersold plays of the game here. At the very end of the game here, DeMonte Casey, the, the interception to seal the game. This has come out since then. I don't know if you've seen this or not. I saw the the video camera cut to the sideline because Pittsburgh called a timeout right before that play so that the defense could make an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick went to Terrell Austin and said, hey, I saw let's that. call this play. They switched to that defense, and that defense was basically all the defensive backs lined up at the, line, at the, uh, the goal line with only four guys rushing the passer, uh, and it really – eliminates any kind of passing window for the offense, which was a great move. Uh, the defensive line, the, the defensive front got after the quarterback pretty quick, allowing for or basically forcing a quick pass uh, and DeMonte Casey making a great play to get that interception. Now, Casey goes out of bounds and then takes a, a cheap shot from the right tackle. Oh, that was uh, bad. Yeah, from, from uh, Zach Tom, I believe is his name. Uh, and it turns into a big scrum, right? And when he takes this cheap shot at DeMonte Casey, it knocks special teams coach Danny Smith like five yards off his feet. It starts to turn into a big melee, and Rodney Williams, the the four-string tight end, grabs Danny Smith like under the arms, and you can see him in the video dragging Danny Smith out of there so he doesn't get stampeded because he's still on the ground. Uh, So... Huge shout out to Rodney Williams for saving Danny Smith in this situation. But as you're seeing Rodney Williams drag Danny Smith out and he's got him like half onto his feet. So he's just kind of like pushing with his legs. But Rodney Williams is straight up like carrying him out of that pile. Mm -hmm. Watch Chris Boswell at the top of the screen. It looks like you're watching this replay. I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah. Watch Um, what Chris Boswell does to one of the offensive linemen. Boswell for this. He grabs an offensive lineman who's in there trying to mix it up by his jersey and just throws him out of the way. <laughs> Dude didn't see it coming, obviously, because Boz is only like 185 pounds. 
but he took that guy completely out of the scenario as far as trying to take an additional cheap shot at someone. <laughs> I thought it was awesome to see him throw a huge offensive lineman like that. Yeah, I did. I saw the I saw um, Rodney pick up Danny Smith. Yeah, who am I watching yeah. for the second part? Boswell, top of the screen near the sideline. I think the offensive lineman is number 76, maybe. He's kind of almost in the open. Yeah, I'm watching. It's near the end of the scrum. Dead air, not the greatest. Oh, yep, there it is. There it is. There it is. is. Cody got to see it. (laughs) I'll go ahead and and, uh, I'll link this this video in the description uh, so you guys can go look at it. I'll find a, I'm going to find a way here shortly too for you guys that are watching or anything like that if you watch on YouTube. Um we're slowly making improvements to this podcast. We're trying to find some sponsors and stuff like that uh to help just make it e- easier for us to do some things we want to do. Um we are going to be or I'm currently looking for a way to access a way to share a video like what we're watching right now. I have the way to do it. It's not clean. It doesn't look good. I'm not going to do it yet until I can make it look nice for you guys. Um, but for stuff like this, I'll go ahead and link this YouTube video in the description so you guys can go back and watch that. It is very, it's at the very end that you see him do it. And then somebody gets in front of Boswell and hits him in the chest. Yeah. Yeah. Which is appropriate because the 350 pound (laughs) man's about to come after 185. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it it was a good time. That was a good video. Um, but no, yeah. Yeah, Special teams played well. The end of the game mm -hmm. was enjoyable. So. As we're wrapping up this show, if you're still here with us, don't forget on Wednesday, we have our live show on the Pro Sports Fans app. If you don't have that downloaded yet, uh, just download it on your Google Play Store, on your Apple Store, any of those that's available. It's a free app where people can just jump on and talk sports. Yep. Uh, so we are two of the hosts for the Steelers side of things, and we do a show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. And would love to have you on because you guys can talk and just have a fun interactive show yeah yep so we thank you guys so much for listening or watching again if you're on youtube be sure to like and follow on facebook twitter instagram tiktok and youtube subscribe ring the bell it's free doesn't cost you a thing don't forget those five star reviews just like today we'll give you a shout on the show and until next time this is your host james and cody signing off peace